You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Patriots fans, all of us here in Pats Nation continue to sift through the rubble of the Patriots. 33-24 to loss to the Miami Dolphins in the 2021 regular season finale. But that was then. This is now. And the Patriots have a formidable opponent on Wild Card Weekend. The two-time defending AFC East champion Buffalo Bills. Uh, I still can't get used to saying that. But in any case, folks, it is reality, no matter how harsh it might be. Patriots and the Bills set to hook up for the third time in the last few weeks, believe it or not. And this is going to be a great matchup in Orchard Park on Saturday night. Here today to help me break it all down and also help us take our leave from the Patriots-Dolphins debacle is someone whose wit and wisdom are a staple here on this podcast. Hers is a voice, an accent, and a giggle that you know well, but I say it every week, folks. It is the wit and wisdom that bring her back each and every week and has made her a Wednesday regular here on Locked On Patriots. From West Midlands in the UK, a phenomenal Patriots writer for Pat's Propaganda, as well as full press coverage Patriots, where she hosts her very own podcast, Eclaire Perspective. Folks, if you haven't smashed that subscribe button to Eclaire Perspective, please do so. Claire continues to knock it out of the park. A recent excellent episode with her and Phil Perry of NBC Sports Boston. One of my favorite listens in the nation. I guarantee you, you'll love it as much as I do if you subscribe to it. So please do that. And of course, she is the third voice of One Patriot's Place alongside our good mutual friends, Thomas Murphy and Steve Balistrieri. Welcoming here today as a regular on Wednesday is the Baroness of Blockers, the Queen of TE, the Empress of Tight Endage, the Countess of Class, the new Lady of Locked On, Miss Claire, Classy Claire Cooper, joins me today. Claire, thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday pre-playoff episode of Locked On Patriots. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. As usual, this seat gets comfier and comfier every week. <laughs> it's yours. That Wednesday chair is yours. <laughs> Don't sit in the chair that has the embroidery on the back that says Murph. That is his chair. And as long as no one disturbs that Toto poster on the wall in honor of Mark Schofield, we're all set here on the Locked On Studios. And Claire, again, it's always a blast when you come on here and we're able to talk ball. We're able to prognosticate on what the Patriots' future might be. And we're going to do that today because there is a formidable and strong game that the Patriots do have coming up here in their first playoff test of the 2021 season in the calendar year of 2022. Uh, but we're not quite done sifting through the rubble, as I previously said, of the Patriots' 33-24 to loss of the Mi- to the Miami Dolphins. Claire, a lot went wrong for the Patriots, getting down 17-0 early. Murph and I talked about this on Monday's episode. It's not a recipe for success. In fact, it's just the opposite. It's a recipe for failure. And the Patriots, despite making some plays later in the game that almost put them back into contention for it, they just couldn't dig themselves out of that deficit. And in the end, it was just too much to overcome. When you look at 
this game and you look at the Patriots taking a loss like this, heading into the postseason, typically Bill Belichick teams rebound very well from losses. They really, they use it as a motivational factor. Uh, we can remember a few years ago, the Kansas City game where all oh, the Patriots are not good anymore. Well, they went on a tear. And all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl and then they end up winning it. Um, so the Patriots have a history of being able to rebound, but this team is not that team. They're different players. There's different personnel and it's a different culture in the NFL right now. But there's still a lot of optimism that the New England Patriots could still turn this around. In your opinion, do you believe that this loss to the Dolphins could end up being a good thing in the long run? And how could the New England Patriots use this as a wake-up call to get back into the mode of where they need to be to take on the Bills this weekend? Well, it's interesting you put it like that, Mike. Is it? Could it be? You know, is it the wake-up call? Could it be the wake-up call that the Patriots needed? And I, I, I really don't think it is. The Colts and the Jags losses are something no sorry the Colts and the what am I saying the Colts and the Jags losses the Colts and the Bills losses sorry are something that should have poked the Patriots to turn it around and highlighted the weaknesses I mean to be honest with you they've had their weaknesses made visible for pretty much all of this season the inconsistency it has shown up where the weak points are in the team so you know, they went into the bye really confident. I think it was um, I think it was on my recent ACP with Phil Perry, but it might have been on Phil Perry's own podcast. I know that Phil Perry said about the locker room. And although you guys don't go into the locker rooms now, the locker room of the Patriots going into the bye after after that kind of after that Bills win, sorry, they were so confident. It, it was such a jubilation and, and quite rightly. And I mean, then the Patriots were looking like the kind of team that you would think would have a shot in the playoffs, at least some way into the playoffs. And it was talked about. That was the thing. It was, you know, the Patriots are kind of going to make the playoffs and appreciate that they have. Um, but the mini, I don't know if the team that we're seeing, we can expect to go much further than that one wild card game against the Bills. I mean, the loss at Indy must have been maybe a bit of an identity crisis moment after such the win at Buffalo. Whether or not it, it hit them hard, confidence-wise, I'd kind of imagine that that Bills game, that loss at, at the Bills that came after um, the Colts would should have been by then a wake-up call, if you like, if you want to sort of say that. I mean... The, I, I loved the Jags game and I know that there's so much around it of, well, it was, you know, it was the whole, it was Jacksonville that, you know, they're a dumpster fire, this, that and the other. But as a Patriots fan, it was, it was not, we saw some beautifully played football, regardless of who the, the competition was, regardless that it was a mediocre team, that kind of thing. We got to see something that was so enjoyable. And I think we need to appreciate that for the isolated situation that it is, but it doesn't really give much vision to the picture that we're seeing of the Patriots for this season. But like you said, the Patriots of this season is being compared so much to previous Patriots. Well, yeah, that's what we all do with human nature. But they're, they're very much not those Patriots. And although I know it's a very significant difference, I'm not sure if people are kind of glazing over the fact that the quarterback is a rookie quarterback. You haven't got Tom Brady to, you know, pick up the slack or to save it, that kind of thing. And the fact that he's a rookie has been sort of 
in various stages kind of gone unnoticed in a way because he's he's the, he's so smart because he's confident because they started him so they obviously have some confidence in him to to utilize him you know straight away and the team the, the team have said how confident a guy is how how much of a leader he is so it's almost like it's easy to forget the fact that he isn't going to play this perfect game all the time regardless of you know if everything around him is perfect because he is a rookie because it's his first year in the NFL and I mean I don't know about you but I think in a in a job that's kind of what it is with with such extremes that that is you can't be perfect in your first year I mean really come on it's he's he's just a guy sort of thing I mean to fully answer your question I I don't think that the 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 Finns game was a wake up call. I feel like it's too little, too late. If it's taken until that game for them to realise, then maybe they aren't quite the system that we thought they were. But I think it's just the Patriots have problems, frustrating issues, and inconsistency. But <laughs> that is football. A lot of this is new to a lot of Patriots fans. Not all, obviously, but even those that suffered pre Brady, the Brady era was so long. Tom Brady's a superbly talented player and that helps make those around him better in a way too. I, I think you could say, I don't think it's, you know, unusual to say that. Do I think he's alone in that? No, not at all. But obviously as of yet in, in Mac, we, we don't have that glaringly obvious, but that is just football. Brady was like a bolt of lightning molded by the perfect environment you know, the perfect surrounding of, of the coaching, in, in all fairness, in, in Bill Belichick. And that's what the Patriots nation is used to. And maybe even the team and the inner sanctum is, is so used to all that. If the Patriots were any other team, I think that this season would just be classed as an inconsistent success. I don't think it would be questioned in the way that maybe it's being questioned for the Patriots. It's difficult when you're so moulded by such a very significant past to kind of look past that and see you know actually see what we're really seeing and because they they had such a great winning streak you know the the confidence was there things that had problems seemed to sort themselves out the the o-line was such such a you know a situation of contention at the beginning of the season and stuff like this and with the with regards to them they're not bringing back Stefan Gilmore. It was like, can JC Jackson really step up? And in all fairness, to give the guy, you know, his all due respect, I, I, you know, my personal opinion, I think he has. I think it's amazing how concerned that some of us were about the the loss of of Gilmore when we had JC. I, I, I for one, was was definitely like, I didn't think this kid could be kind of what we needed. And in all fairness, I think he has been. So, you know, major kudos to him. But it's sort of still showing glaringly obvious kind of weaknesses that they don't have enough there. And, and, and kind of that's a lot of what we're seeing is we're seeing the weaknesses kind of so under a microscope when they play a team that's unfortunately mediocre, like the Dolphins are really. So, yeah, I hope that's answered your question in a long-winded way <laughs> no i think it absolutely did i thought you made some great insight and i thought you gave some great opinion look bottom line i agree with you i don't think this is quote unquote the wake-up call just like i didn't think that the jaguars game was quote unquote the get right game for the new england patriots yeah, I, agree. I mentioned yeah, more I of either. maybe getting 
maybe it was more of a get smart game than a get right game in terms of the Jaguars performance. I think the Patriots started to return to what they did. Well, they ran into a very well coached team on Sunday and I still, for the life of me, do not understand why the Dolphins chose to part ways with Brian Flores. That's a conversation (laughs) for another day. I still, to this day, I won't understand it. Um, uh, Maybe they have something in, in, place that will help to solve all the problems, answer all the questions. But for right now, that's still a head scratcher to me. But I thought Brian had a great game plan for being able to take it to New England, allow them, put them on their heels first, get aggressive, attack the areas of the field that they have difficulty defending. And we'll get to that in a minute, folks, because we are going to talk about the difficulties that the Patriots may face with the Bills this weekend. But I think you're absolutely right on the uh, the Dolphins game. I had a great history teacher in high school that used to call out all of the students in the classroom that would make the sign of the cross whenever they had to take an exam or take a test. Uh, You know, all of a sudden, the religion in the school that I went to came out of a lot of these uh, (laughs) these guys that were ready to take tests. And he would call it out and he'd say, no, not today, not now. The Holy Spirit ain't here. He ain't coming. And I think in a lot of ways that is implicable of what the Patriots are going through right now. You don't quote unquote, just get right heading into the playoffs. You have to be in a rhythm. You have to be playing well and look for a lot of people. They'll say that bodes for disastrous outcome uh, prediction for the new England Patriots this weekend, but not so fast folks, because if you look at the game and the way the Patriots played it on Sunday, There were more positives coming away from that field than one may think initially. Uh, They did claw their way back. Uh, Max showed a little bit of poise in the second half. They started to play a little bit better. They started to defend a little better. That is stuff that they can build on. And I think they will continue to build on it, especially when it came to Mac maybe taking a few extra shots down the field. This is something that I think they can utilize to their advantage. But at the same time, New England right now, is not going to take a magic pill that's going to allow them to be able to uh, to right all the wrongs. Uh, This team has shortcomings. I think everybody has to respect that and understand it, but Mm -hmm. their shortcomings are not so drastically different than anyone else in the AFC right now that they can't contend or hang with any one of these teams. So again, Claire, spot on analysis. I thought you did a great (laughs) job of explaining that. And uh, again, you gave me an opportunity to use uh, one of my... uh, favorite analogies from high school and always anytime you can uh, you know make me feel a little bit younger like going back to that place <laughs> it's always a good thing one of the great reasons why we love so having good. her here folks that's it okay see one of the great reasons why i love having her here and no, i'll get inside claire as we take our leave from the miami dolphins we now turn our attention to the buffalo bills folks and in just a moment Claire and I will talk about the Buffalo Bills and the game plans that the New England Patriots may try to devise in order to keep the Bills on their heels. It's Claire, folks, so you know we're going to be talking some tight endage, but with a great reason, (laughs) because that tandem of tight ends may be a very key reason why the Patriots could have success against the Bills on Saturday. We'll talk that and more when this Wednesday episode with the new lady of Lockdown herself, Claire Classy, Claire Cooper, continues locked on listeners it is the new year so you know what that means that's right new year's resolutions if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier make sure that you include built bar into your plan built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar maybe even better than a candy bar folks i can tell you from personal experience they've replaced all the candy in my household 
Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your New Year's resolutions because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, Built Bar makes it enjoyable to eat healthy. Here's an idea for the new year. Since this is the new year and it's time for out with the old, in with the new, go to all those secret treat stashes you've got laying around from the holidays, either at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary, calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, mint brownie, so many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited-time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use the promo code, and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Hello again, Patriots fans. This is Mike DeBate with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas, every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free, then use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And here's the best part. There's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and even other brands. So, don't delay. Do it today. Download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Use the code TOUCHDOWN when you download GetUpside. Locked on listeners, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit, just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Patriots fans, the empress of tight endage, the queen of TE, the baroness of blockers, the countess of class, and the new lady of Locked On here on Locked On Patriots. Claire Classy, Claire Cooper joins me today. And Claire, we talked a little bit about the Dolphins game being a wake-up call for the New England Patriots. And we're both in agreement that they don't need a wake-up call. The Patriots just need to play better in order to be able to win. And that sounds like a cop-out. That sounds very you know, amateurish in terms of analysis. But really, it's spot on. It's not scheme that's really doing in the New England Patriots. It's execution. It's 
poor performance. It's staying away from dumb penalties. Of course, it would help yeah. if the refs could get a couple of those right, but I'm not going to get into that. Again, oh, that's a yeah, we don't have time. Day. We don't exactly. Have that could be a whole week's worth of podcasts <laughs> on the officiating all season long with all NFL teams. I don't mean to make it sound like, oh, the Patriots are just that. The officiating, in my opinion, this year has been terrible across the board, but we'll get to that another time. There Come back is... and see us in the off-season, folks. Exactly, <laughs> folks. And, and we will have a five-parter on the terrible officiating of 2021. Uh, stay tuned. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding, folks. Um, the Patriots and the Bills are now going to be seeing each other for the third time this year. Really, the third time in just a matter of weeks, which is insane when you think about it. Um Tomorrow here on Locked On Patriots, Joe Marino is going to join me on the crossover episode, the playoff crossover. And Joe and I love to be able to do podcasts together, but we're even starting to get sick of one another. And I'm sure these two teams are as well. Sorry, Joe. Uh, you know that, you know, nothing but love, my friend. But uh, bottom line, this is going to be a, a game between two teams that know each other very well. Momentum does always favor the latest team that happens to come out with a victory. And unfortunately, folks, that means the Buffalo Bills. They came into Gillette Stadium, really beat the Patriots in all three phases last time these two teams played. But the last time they did battle in Orchard Park, the Patriots were able to come out on top 14-10 with an unorthodox but effective game plan in running the football. You know, Claire, that regardless of the weather, the New England Patriots are not going to be able to get away with having Mac Jones throw only three passes. Buffalo forced him to make throws. They're going to dare him to do it again. And they're going to be throwing those side blitzes at him, trying to confuse him, shut off the run game, and try to force Mac into maybe taking shots down the field. This is something Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins, I think, did an effective job of early on in Sunday's game. And it really had Mac looking very uncomfortable and even a little bit lost at times. If the Patriots are going to be effective, it's been argued by me, the defense, as Vinny Gambini would say, that the Patriots are going to have to take some shots down the field. They're going to have to test Mac Jones's ability to do that. And in the second half of Sunday's game, Mac did a pretty good job with that. He completed five of eight passes, uh, was very effective, uh, 20 yards or more. So he can win those battles if he's given the opportunity to do so. One of the times where he won those battles was a beautiful 35-yard completion to Hunter Henry. And again, Hunter continues to be, I think, the most effective and the most complete route runner on this team. That's not a surprise to me. I've (laughs) seen him do it in Los Angeles, and I knew he could do that here. But we keep talking about breakout games for John Smith, and I'm not going to use that term. But Jono can be an effective receiver down the field. He's got speed to be able to beat guys down the field. And then you've got Jacoby Myers, you know, Nelson Aguilar, you know, guys that can get open and make catches in the open field, including Kendrick Bourne. I want to throw him into that mix as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the balance of the Patriots offense on, Sunday, on Saturday night could be dictated. That tempo could be dictated by the two tight end sets that we've been wanting to see. I think this is the game where you bring that out. You love talking tight endage, Claire, and I don't want to steal your thunder. Am I off base or on base here? And based on what your thoughts are, why do you believe this is the game or this is not the game to unleash that two tight end set and really show off that 12 man personnel? 
see how you put it mike is really interesting because that's really made me think now because to be honest with you when you first say said that with regards to the tight ends kind of like the key to the success as such my initial thoughts is that i'm not sure that they can be simply because the success of Buffalo previously was a strong run game. Now, I know, obviously, that the weather had a lot to do with that, but it, it still was the key to the success. So, but when saying that, when you when you talk tight ends, I often think of kind of like the red zone catches and the strong runs with defenders hanging off them, that kind of thing. Um, and I mean, but Hunter and Smith can block. Again, that's a key success in the run game. So... It depends really how you're talking about utilising them. You know, are you looking specifically at sort of one section or just really talking about them overall? I mean, if you're looking generally overall, Hunter Henry has been kind of bit of, a little bit of Mac Jones. He's kind of, they call him a little bit of his blankie. He's kind of his go-to, he's, he's kind of security. But when you're in a situation that you can't really air the ball out, then, you know, you're not really making the connection as such. I mean, Smith is a big bodied, not slow athletic guy. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they continue to utilize him with a couple of kind of either very short passes that's all, you know, or almost just carries. Even if that is just to ease the burden kind of on Harris because of the dinged upness of him, unfortunately. Obviously, they have Stevenson back now, as far as I know, when we're recording this, I think he's back in the lineup. Um, and I know that we mentioned kind of like last episode that that's very much the dynamic duo of, of, of Harris and Stevenson. I think the key in regards to tight endage is Hunter being open. Now, he's a productive player, but he's he's been taking a lot of coverage and a lot of double coverage. And quite rightly, because he's, you know, he's a dynamic player. It isn't great if Mac wants to air the ball out to him and, you know, cleanly as well. But he's definitely, as I said, the a, a go-to guy for Mac. I mean, now that Aguilar, I believe, is back, maybe that he can pull some coverage, which really enables Mac to utilise Hunter more, you know, gives him the opportunity to get the ball to him because of the coverage isn't, isn't as intensive. It's just that... Teams cottoned on reasonably early in the season, um, well, they should have done, that, that Hunter is, is, is quite that threat and there is a good connection with the quarterback kind of thing. Another factor, obviously, going in is the weather. I've heard that it's not going to be great at the moment. I know that, obviously, we're talking, it's still a few days away and stuff like this. So there might not be the opportunity to air out the ball if it's going to blow yards off target, that kind of thing. So... In regards to that, it, it's really going to come down to, probably it's really going to come down to the weather, as, as really lame as that sounds, it, to how much they can utilise them. Pretty much sure that they're going to continue with the sort of the blocking abilities that these two guys have been given. And, and that's, you know, something that's been very key um, in the success, I think, of, of what they've had this season. I'm glad you kind of only sort of hinted at the whole Smith breakout game because I've got to say that's slowly becoming a bit of a bugbear for me because <laughs> I know that I've said on this show a few times that I, I don't think that's fair on him as a player that he, he doesn't need a breakout game. I understand what people mean. Uh, I get it because he, we haven't seen much production from him. But I, as a player himself, he doesn't need to give us a breakout game. He, he's already had so much of a career so far. 
Um, ups and downs, obviously. I appreciate that. And even Josh came out and said it was, you know, Josh McDaniels came out and said that it was kind of on him, the, the lack of utilisation of Smith. And I think it's a bit, I, I think he took the hit really for the team in Orphanistan. And I know that's quite Belichickian anyway, but um the, the the it was mentioned in regards to the playbook and stuff like this and and the first year for a tight end being quite developmental that kind of thing because an extensive playbook that's different we know that hunter dropped in because the structure was very similar to what he was used to as i know we've talked about extensively before so it was obvious why we were getting production from that guy and you know at the end of the day he's really good tight end so um yeah it was bound to happen but for some reason, Smith hasn't been clicking and they sort of tried to cover, you know, not cover up, but explain why. And as I said, I, I do think that maybe we aren't seeing maybe the full picture. But as I've mentioned, not to keep repeating myself, but he's in and out with the team in regards to his injury, I think has impacted more significantly maybe than some people will give credit for, believe or, you know, really see. It hasn't given him that opportunity, I think, to to gel as much as, as need be. So I think if anything, if you want to use this breakout term for Johnny Smith, which I hate, but if you want to use it, I think you need to be looking at next season when this guy's had a year in the system that, you know, maybe his wounds have healed a bit better. He He's had those sort of... Because I don't even think he was in pra- spring practice, I think. I might be remembering wrong. I can't quite remember in all fairness. I don't have it kind of in front of me. So I, I know that he didn't have a, a-, a boatload of time with-, with-, with the team. So I think all that has compounded into just not really seeing a lot sort of from him this season. The, the-, the two guys, the two Titans work well in tandem. And we've seen that little bits here and there. Personally, I was saying to go back and after this long-winded spiel of mine, um, to answer your question, I don't think that we're going to see that as a key. I, I don't think we're going to see a load of tight end suddenly as a key to, 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 to doing this game. I think that, you know, we've gone so far in the season with the wins to sort of see what they you know works and, and this, that and the other, sort of regardless of the opponent. So, I don't think it's going to be significant. I think the key to this game is all the pieces of the team working well. And I'm sorry, I know that's a very obvious thing to say, people. I know it's not, you know, not a a, a massive educated, you know, comment and everything. But I just think the team needs to know. They know that they're good at certain aspects and, and they know that they've got this. So I think they just need to do it the way that they know is successful for them this year. And... Th- being confident in that and and using you know using the ways that they know is, is the way that it, you know it's going to be mostly successful so unfortunately i don't think i'm going to be in this mass celebration on the weekend of look at all the tight endage clay's so excited there's so much tight endage i i unfortunately don't think that's going to happen so yeah I, I just think it's it's going to be the strength, which is the run game. And the main thing that the Titans do with the run game mostly is blocking. So I, I just really think that that's where they, they're going to go down the road to. I kind of hope I'm wrong. And I hope that sort of what you said was right. The flip side of that, 
I'd love it. I'd squealing with excitement at three a.m. in the morning or two a.m. in the morning because yeah, wonderfully it's it's a it's a stupid crazy Sunday early Sunday morning game for me. So yeah, thanks for that, guys. You yeah, awesome. So but I I just I just genuinely my gut doesn't see that. I see the strength in the running game, uh, and that's why we're going to go. So I, I I see it as more of a, a Harris Stevenson game than a, a Smith and Hunter. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think you're absolutely right. And uh, I think you make some excellent points. Look, bottom line, there are a lot of factors working against the tight ends having that quote unquote breakout game here for the uh, the Patriots against the Buffalo Bills. Yes, Mac Jones would want to utilize strong route runners. And I do think he'll target Hunter Henry quite often mm-hmm. on Saturday. But I don't think it's going to be a situation where he's going to exclusively go to tight ends. First of all, you're looking at a Buffalo defense that has two stout safeties in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde they do a Mm. great job of being able to contain tight endage so they're gonna try to take Hunter Henry out of the game they did a very effective job of doing that uh, in the last meeting between these two teams on December 26th Um, that's going to be I think a a very difficult opportunity for Hunter to kind of continue to get the yardage that he's used to I think Mac will target him I think he'll do better than he did the last time and that's not a knock on Hunter that's just you know they had the Bills had a great game plan for being able to do it Mm -hmm. John who has the chance to be able to be effective as a carrier out of the backfield and I look for him and maybe even Kendrick Bourne to get some carries in that regard because for all of the uh details and for all of the accolades i should say a better choice of word there uh that the uh, the bills defense will get for being able to rush the passer i think they've been better against the run but they're still suspect against the run this is still a team that can be had when the patriots run the football they're allowing an average of 109.8 yards per game they're 11th in the league with 42 with excuse me 4.2 yards per rush so at this point if the patriots are going to try to be effective you know the Bills want to try to shut down Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson. They're going to be key. But if Stevenson and Harris have difficulty breaking from the line of scrimmage, and another thing to watch, folks, is the injury to Isaiah Wynn at left tackle. If he's mm-hmm. out of the lineup, does that weaken the rest of the Patriots' offensive line and make it difficult for them to run block? Then you may have to get guys like Jonu Smith, Jakob Johnson, Michael Wainu lining up as the big jumbo tight end. You're going to need that blockage up front in order to be able to effectively run that team. If Isaiah is compromised, that's a potential big loss for the Patriots. Keep a sharp eye on that one, folks. But I think there are a lot of factors working against it. And, you know, maybe we will be proven wrong. I hope so, because I would love to see both Smith and Henry have a great game at the same time. Really give the fan base a lot to look forward to heading into next season. And hopefully, mm-hmm. if they have a big enough game, the season won't be over on Saturday night. And that leads me oh, quite yeah. nicely into my final question for you today, Countess. The New England Patriots, Buffalo Bills, third time's the charm for New England, or is Buffalo just too good in all three phases for the Patriots to pull the victory on Saturday night? Oh, it's so nice. They tried it thrice. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, I'm not exactly the biggest fan of having to watch a game that has the Bills in it, to be honest, I detested them that much, <laughs> regardless of how good or bad they are. Um, and I can say, yes, they are, a, you know, they are a very good team. Obviously, that's why they're here. But I just dislike them so much that uh, tends to ash in my mouth. Anyway, I predict a Patriots win just about. I am going Patriots 17, Bills 14. 
I like it. Our fan base likes it an awful lot. And folks, from our lips to God's ears, hopefully the New England Patriots will be able to pull this one out because uh, the chirping coming from Orchard Park, if they don't, is going to be unbearable all season long here in New England. But no, all kidding aside, uh, more important than the Bills mafia, quote unquote, making life difficult for Patriots fans on social media. It's really all about advancing in the playoffs. And yeah, after exactly. the New England Patriots prove that they can hang with a lot of these teams, probably would be a disappointment to see them go one and done in the, in the playoffs. But still a great season regardless of what, folks. And we'll continue to break it all down for you here on Locked On Patriots next week. Claire will be joining me. We'll be live and on video YouTube launches officially next week here on Locked On Patriots. And we could not be happier about that. But at the same time, there's still a game to be broken down, and hopefully this will be a victory for the New England Patriots. We all hope that here in Foxborough and in the neighboring counties and anywhere where you're cheering on your New England Patriots, much like my good friend and colleague who cheers them on from all the way across the pond. Claire, thank you for lending your wit, your wisdom, your wisdom and counsel here to Locked On Patriots. Before I let you go today, please let all of our new listeners know where they can find you and follow your great work as we now transition here into the playoffs for the New England Patriots. Sure. Well, as the season, the regular season has, has now concluded, my game recaps obviously may cease. So, but please still head over to Pat's Propaganda as you will still find my writing and the and the fabulous Tom Shawmellers as well. So go and check that out. FPC holds my uh, my podcast, A Claire Perspective, which is fullpresscoverage.com. And as you mentioned, my recent episode is with Phil Perry. So that's episode 23 now. We're on 23 episodes now. So that's now live most places that you download your podcast. And as you also mentioned, um, I am the third voice of One Patriot's Place with Stephen Murph, which you can be found at E2G Sports. Absolutely. And again, whatever Claire does, whether it's putting pen to paper or voice to microphone, folks, please be sure to check it out. You will not be disappointed. Claire provides spot on analysis with a wit and a wisdom that is truly her own. And really, she's unlike anyone else that's doing this in this business right now. And I mean that as a compliment from the bottom of my heart. It's so rare to find someone that's able to find their own rhythm and their own style so quickly and really ingratiate herself into uh, Patriots media. And she's done that and she's done it seamlessly. She made it look easy, folks, but I assure you it's not. There's a lot of hard work that goes behind it. And, uh, and, I, and I truly mean that. It's my honor to have her join me here on Locked On Patriots each and every week. And again, smash that subscribe button to A Claire Perspective, the podcast. Her episode with Phil Perry this week was phenomenal. Definitely good wisdom and counsel to absorb before Saturday's game. But check out a lot of the back episodes as well, including a holiday episode. If you want to relive some of the holiday joy, maybe after this weekend, we're all going to need a little holiday joy. Um, you know, you definitely want to go ahead and do that. It, it, is, it is a phenomenal listen that I can't recommend highly enough. Claire, until next week, please stay safe, stay well. And thank you for joining me here today on Lockdown Patriots. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care. Go Pats. <laughs>